I'm the first to the party, please do not get the boy started Step back and drop 50 like Harden, insistent I need no assistance I make my own shots, you can't stop me, there's no way to guard him Except that you won't catch me flopping, you bring up a topic I'm catching the ball, never dropping, we covering every option Don't matter if we talking basketball, football or boxing We gon' acknowledge it, skip all the politics Honest opinions on top of that polish With no need to push an agenda, unlike the pretenders Who forcing your face who they riding with We gon' talk real facts, Hey, noise you can kill that We the ones bringing the skill back, No, you can feel that No, you been waiting on someone to bring you the real back Party time, party time, excellent Turn it up, we turn to hoofs Never late, don't mistake us for no other bullshit shows Cause we the one Party time, party time, excellent Turn it up, we turn this up Never late, don't mistake us for these other shit shows Cause we the one, oh yeah Who pairs? What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? It's your boy Al Fudge, eighty-seven, coming to y'all again. Uh, I haven't forgot about uh, the other podcast that I'm uh, going to be recording. It's so um, it's so delicate and it's so important to me. But I want y'all to continue to look out for how the NBA doesn't uh, contribute to our culture; they just capitalize on our culture. We'll talk to you guys about that. Um, but I want to talk to you guys about this NBA playoffs and some of the shit that I see that's going on and where I see it going on from here. Um, We got some big shit going on, man. We got some big shit going on. And I want to let you guys know what's really happening in the NBA. Uh, I talk to a lot of people. I'll tell the fellas at work all the time about the NBA and they be like, how the fuck you know what's going to happen? How the fuck you know this and that? I got a lot of friends that ask me the same shit too. I'm going to keep it real simple for you. The NBA is the WWE. It's a business. It's entertainment. They're going to use your uh, emotions and capitalize off of it. That's how they make their money. Um, I don't want to take away from the integrity of the game. But, I mean, they take away from the integrity of the game. You know, you can watch a game and tell who they're, you know, who's this going for. You know what I'm saying? You can look at... Uh, some of these players, and um, you can tell who the better players are and the better team is, and you can see how uh, these teams are. Uh, it's obvious how these teams are winning. But let's get to uh, some of the shit that's going on. Uh, I'm going to start in Boston. And Boston has a lot of domino effects. Um, I, for one, uh, picked Boston to beat Milwaukee in this series. Um and that was a big mistake by me um, because I didn't look at it. I looked at it from a fan's point of view. I didn't look at it from, um, you know, with logic, with with the mind and with some of the shit I'm about to tell y'all now. Uh, Boston holds a domino effect. Boston holds a domino effect with a, uh, a lot of shit. I'm going to put it to y'all like this. Boston loses. Well, let's talk about Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo is a budding star, budding superstar, someone that the NBA is trying to put, uh, basically putting forth for it. Someone that they are looking at and saying that this is going to be the next guy. 
LeBron James left the East, and they needed somebody to fill that void. They sent Kawhi Leonard over to the East, hoping that he could return to form and, and fill that void. With not being sure that he could return to form and fill that void. Um, Giannis is, what, 23 years old. Amazing talents, length, uh, athletic ability, not a lot of skill. You know what I'm saying? If you if you pay attention, if you back off of him and make him make a jump shot, you hold him at bay. You just look at how the Pistons defended him and, and how out of the game he was against Detroit. And you look at Boston and how they're defending him and how did the game how, how in the game he is and how effective he is in this series. Uh, I, for one, if I was Boston, I would back off of him and make him come to you like Blake Griffin and the Pistons did. And he was in foul trouble a lot. He, he's shooting horrible from the free throw line. And he's not getting a lot of uh, and one opportunities. He's not get, blowing past anybody. You don't have Aaron Baines and Al Horford guarding him on a perimeter and letting him blow past you, you know. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, back off. Make him come to you. Make him shoot a jump shot. If he's making jumpers, so be it. And that takes away from the Boston, from the Milwaukee Bucks and their game plan. You can't give Giannis, you can't say we're going to take away from Giannis and take away the three-point the three point game and three-point shooting from Milwaukee. Because if you do that, then you're going to end up giving up both. And that's what they're doing. You got to give and take. You got to say, Giannis, go ahead, go for 45. But Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Nicola Miritich, Brooke Lopez, y'all not going to kill us from three. You just not. Or you're going to say, hey, we're going to take away you, Giannis, and give up the three ball. Either way, you have to give up, you have to give or take one, you know, one thing. You can't take away both. And that's where they're getting killed at. But to the business side of the NBA, they didn't know if Kawhi Leonard was going to come back to form. What they've seen is Kawhi Leonard has come back to form. So now the NBA has options out east. And you look at both of their um, look at both of their paths to the finals. You're gonna look at Giannis being a 23 year old kid. You know what I'm saying? This freakish size and athletic ability. He went through the Pistons in the first round, which wasn't that. Uh, to some people, say oh, it wasn't that big of a task. Then you go through the Boston Celtics, who a lot of people felt like they were a, a team coming out the wet out the East before the season started. And then if he goes through Phil, I mean, uh, Toronto, who, cause I think Toronto is going to beat Philadelphia. He goes to Toronto. He's got a hell of a journey all the way to the East. I mean, through the Eastern conference and to challenge a team like, uh, the golden state warriors. And both of those teams, uh, pose a threat to the warriors. And, and I'll tell y'all about that later. Um, and then you look at Kawhi Leonard and look at his situation and look at where he's coming from and look at his um, his path through the final. Yeah, went through the Orlando Magic, who a lot of people didn't think was a threat. Went through the process and the Fresh Prince in Philadelphia and then go through the young Giannis Antetokounmpo and regains his status as, hey, I'm the best player in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So they're shutting up that East to be very strong. So one of those two are going to come out the, out the East, and that's going to be the storyline, that this player is going to be really good. And the reason why I think that Toronto is going to be the team to come out the East 
is because Giannis is stationary. We know Giannis is going to stay in Milwaukee. He's going to be there. He's going to be there for the foreseeable future. Kawhi doesn't have – Kawhi doesn't uh, – it's not for sure if Kawhi's coming or staying. But one, like the reports came out today, it's between the Raptors and the, and the, and the Clippers. And if the Raptors are somehow able to get out the East or even be competitive in the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that, then he'll stay in Toronto, which is a no-brainer to me. Um, so when you look at the politics side of it, those are, this is why these two guys are highlighted. And everybody's going to look at the stats. And if you look at the stats and say who's the most impressive player between the two, it's Kawhi. Look at what he's averaging and the percentages he's shooting from. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of games where Giannis hasn't shot well and hasn't played well, but that team still won. But um, the domino effects is Boston. We all know about Anthony Davis wanting to go to the Lakers. And the domino effect of that is Boston. The Celtics have won. Like last year, they went to the Eastern Conference Final and went seven with LeBron James without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. This year, they're struggling. Kyrie is struggling. So with that being said, you can you can clearly see that without Kyrie, they're better. And Brad Stevens is able to draw up some shit for them for them players to to be more successful offensively and defensively. So they're gonna mutually part ways. If Kyrie leaves. Boston's not trading Tatum Brown and Rozier or Smart or whatever for Anthony Davis. You're not going to lose Kyrie and give up your assets for Anthony Davis. So that's the gateway for the Lakers to get their superstar because there's no other way for them to get a superstar. Nobody's going to the Lakers. No superstar is going to sign with the Lakers this offseason, especially after everything that went down in the offseason. With Magic Johnson stepping down, they're not having a coach. Some people don't like Rob Palenka. Um, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka texting behind Magic Johnson. It's, 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 and then the LeBron James factor. A lot of people don't like, don't fuck with LeBron. A lot of players don't want the pressure of playing with LeBron and that shit being blamed on them. Or when they do win, they don't get the credit for it. So a lot of players um, don't want to go there. So that's why a lot of these free agents aren't going to go to L.A. They're just not. So with that being said... With that being said, you got to watch out about L.A. So how else will they get back in the forefront? That opens up the trade for Anthony Davis to go to the Lakers. We all know that the Pelicans don't want to trade A.D. to the Lakers. They'd rather get the Boston package. So if that's the case, if Boston's out, they have no choice but to trade him there. Unless we've seen this shit before. That's happened to where you think a team or a player is going to a certain team and there's a team that comes out of nowhere and they swoop in and they pick them up. A la uh, OKC getting Paul George, just like Toronto coming out of nowhere and getting Kawhi. We didn't see those moves happening. We didn't see them that, that play being being dealt. And a couple teams that come to mind when you think of that, is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks right now, as constructed, will have a lot of money going into free agency this year. And a lot of people were saying that they might go after Kawhi or KD. 
But in order for them to do that, they would have to let uh, Chris Middleton walk. They would have to let Chris Middleton walk in order to do that. So what they were, what they're going to play off of, you know what I'm saying? If they want to come out of nowhere and make a move or make a deal and try to steal Anthony Davis from them, they have to give us some assets. Now, everybody's going to talk about what assets they have because Chris Middleton will be a free agent. You got to look at players like Malcolm Brogdon or Eric or even Eric Bledsoe to pair him with Giannis. And some people might say, well, why pair him with Giannis or whatever? Why make that move to pair him with Giannis? You know, when you got, you know, look, you know, what, you know, Giannis is going to be a free agent in a couple years. And you don't want Giannis to turn into Anthony Davis to have success and want to and see the everybody talking about him being such a great player and him not, not being able to get over the hump. So you got to put some pieces around him. Although they've built a good team, a solid team around him, you have to do that. You have to go out there and make something happen. But if there isn't a surprise team, then they're going to have to fold to the Lakers. They're going to have to fold to the Lakers, and they're going to have to go ahead and make that move, make that deal, and trade them to L.A. And that's how L.A. gets their superstar and get back in the forefront. Um, another domino effect is Kevin Durant. Now, before we get to Kevin Durant, I want to talk about where Kyrie, some landing spots for Kyrie. Um, we've been hearing about the Knicks. We've been hearing about the Knicks, Kyrie going to New York, playing with the Knicks. And the biggest thing about that was is Kyrie playing in New York. Kyrie playing, he's from the Jersey area, so he wants to go home. So that's why everybody pinned the Knicks right there as that destination. You know what I'm saying? But you have to remember... Um, the Knicks situation over there. They got a nice coach in Fisdale. They got some young talent and Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr. But Dennis Smith Jr. plays the same position as Kyrie Irving. Could them two in the backcourt work? Yes, because Kyrie's a scorer. And, you know, he's a better shooter than Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith is getting better. So I can see it work. But the other team you got to look at is the Brooklyn Nets. I know a lot of people say, well, what about D'Lo? They got D'Lo. Well, D'Lo just got busted with his weed last week going to the Kentucky Derby. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, it's just weed, you know what I'm saying, things of that nature, but you got to look at the the magnitude of what this, what this fool did. You know what I'm saying? This is a guy coming off an all-star season. Was a big part of the resurgence in Brooklyn or the, resur- or, or the uh, success of Brooklyn. Was the first time All Star this year, career year. You're a free agent. You know you you know you about to get paid. You know you about to walk into millions of dollars. You about to walk into millions of dollars, and it's not about smoking weed. It's about why would you try to sneak weed in the airport? How stupid is that? And you got to think. And when you think about how stupid it is, then you got to go back to L. A. To a situation he had in the Lakers, that's kind of been died. That's kind of died down, and people was like, you know what? He was young. The Iggy Azalea, Nick Young situation. That goes back. The Lakers didn't get rid of D'Angelo Russell because he couldn't hoop. They got rid of D'Angelo Russell because the locker room was fucked up, and then nobody want to play with him because they were scared that he was going to tell on them. You know what I'm saying? You tie these two instances together, and you a Brooklyn Nets team that. Just came off a good year. You got some good young talent. And then Woody, Levert, and Allen, 
some key role players in Joe Harris, Ed Davis, you know what I'm saying? And you got money. You got enough money for two max players. You could, and the answer is the type of free agent where you can match them. So that means if you go out the first, first week of free agency and say, hey, Kyrie, you want to come home? And Kyrie agrees to come home to Brooklyn, then you can let D'Angelo walk. Because if somebody else offered D'Angelo that, that contract, you can match it. So they're in a win-win situation. And if you Sean Marks, the general manager of the Nets, and you look at this series against the against the Philadelphia 76ers, and you say, and as and as horrible as Kyrie is playing right now, you gotta look at it and say, D'Lo played pretty well. He struggled at times, but if we had Kyrie, we may have beaten Philadelphia. And I think that people's uh, uh, emotions is playing into what they're doing, how the, how the team's playing. It's happening in Boston. It's happening in Golden State. It's, hard, it's happening in both places. You know what I'm saying? KD is a pen free agent. We all know he's gone. He leaving. Golden State see that. They know he leaving. They, you know, they, they're mentally drained. They didn't, they didn't been to the finals the last five years. You know what I'm saying? Four years. They didn't been to the finals. They've been, been mentally drained. They're challenging themselves at every turn. 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 Yesterday, that, that report came out saying that there's going to be a seismic change of events in Golden State, this free agency. A lot of people looking into it. Oh, they might just be rebuilding. They might go into a rebuilding phase. That's not what they're talking about. Seismic change. You know what that means? They're going to let, they let KD walk, and they go give Clay to Max, and they go resign to Marcus Cousins. That's the seismic move right there. That's what they're going to do. They know KD leaving. They all know KD leaving. They know that. Boston know that Kyrie leaving. Kind of them young players kind of feel like go ahead and lead, dog. But it might be some veteran players like Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, because he came to Boston because of Kyrie, to where he's like, damn, that's our guy. So it's a big, it's a big, um, split in that locker room, and it's probably and it's taking a toll on these players in this series. You got Brad Stevens that's trying to draw plays and trying to please Kyrie to stay because his job on the line too. Yeah, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but he's got a 500 record in the playoffs. As good of a coach as he is, he only got a 500 record in the playoffs, and he don't want that shit falling back on him. Yes, he's got to do a better job of managing these emotions in the locker room, but also he got to play to the strengths of his team. He's going to have to. If he don't, so they got to they got to they got to work that out. They got to work them kinks out. I think Kyrie, the best spot for him is Brooklyn. Brooklyn probably is going to be that spot. And another place where you can see some activity happening. The other player going to Brooklyn could be Jimmy Butler. If Kawhi Leonard goes ahead and push them up out of there, you're going to see Jimmy Butler finding him a new home this offseason. 
He's looking at all the shit that's going on in Philadelphia where Ben Simmons can't shoot. So he's limited offensively. Where Joel Embiid is going to be a player that's not going to play 60 games in the season because his knees just can't hold up. He's going to need some time to recover. He just has chronic knee illness. His shit is fucked up. And if he can't play 60 games in the season, that means he can't work out in the offseason to get better. So he's going to have to end up having to change his diet to get lighter on his knees. But that's a big part of his, his game is his size. So Jimmy Butler sees that, and he sees that the window is closing for him to get a championship. And you also have to remember that we heard the rumors about Kyrie and Jimmy Butler to the Nets last year. We heard the rumors about that last year, about them wanting to go to the Nets. Before D'Lo had the um, breakout season, before Kyrie came out at the beginning of the season saying, I want to finish my career here in Boston, there was the rumors. Those rumors were out there. That was the speculation. They're close together. Their family is close. Kyrie's dad and the representation for, for Jimmy Butler is they're close. Brooklyn's on the up and up. And by by Jimmy Butler and, and Kyrie leaving those teams, that's not going to mean that those teams are going to be bad. You got to remember, Boston got a shitload of drive picks. So they're going to be able to do whatever. They're going to be able to keep their core. They're going to minus Kyrie, enter Terry Rozier. And a lot of people going to say, well, Terry Rozier ain't better than Kyrie. He better for that team than Kyrie is. Because all the shots that Kyrie was taking, now Rozier go get them. Now Jalen Brown go get some of those shots. Now Jason Tatum going to get some of those shots. You know what I'm saying? It's going to balance out. They're a balanced team. They like to attack from different angles. They like to draw plays and schemes for their players to get open and score, not have somebody go ISO. That's just for Brooklyn. That's how Brooklyn play. Dinwiddie, Levert, D'Angelo Russell, pick and roll, ISO. That's how they play. That's how Jimmy Butler plays. That's going to fit Brooklyn. Boston, go get some draft picks, and they're going to be, still be Boston. Not a team. The other team, when I sat up here and said somebody can sneak in and make something happen, you can sit up here, you might look at it, and the other team may be the process in Philadelphia. Philadelphia made a decision this summer, I mean this, this season, and traded away all their fucking assets, all their assets, all their young players for the now, to win a championship now. But now they're going through all these issues with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Hitt, You know what I'm saying? Do it work. Ben Simmons is a hell of a talent, but he can't score. You know what I'm saying? He can't get his own basket. He can't. In a half court, he's not, he's not good. But it's weird because in the Brooklyn series when Joel Embiid was out, he was a monster. And you know how he was a monster? They surrounded him with all them shooters. So now you got to pose the threat to yourself and say, can Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play together? These two young talents, are they good enough to play with each other? Because when you play Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons together, now you kick Joel to the perimeter. That's not his strength. Can he knock down a three? Yeah, at times. But he's better on the block. 
getting in, getting the other big man in foul trouble, getting to the free throw line where he can knock a free throw down, and using this pure skill in the post, being able to pass out of double teams, being able to score over over either shoulder or the hooks, fadeaways, good size up post up, uh, face up games. He got the complete package down there. So it makes you say, well, damn, well, go ahead. What you going to do? Get rid of Ben Simmons then. But then you sit up here and say, you're going to trade away a player of Ben Simmons' magnitude who can pass, rebound, defend. His scoring ain't came along yet. Can he develop a postgame? I think he will. Can he develop a jump shot? I don't know about that yet. We'll see. If he at least had a postgame, he'd be good. And you look at it and say, well, do we trade away – Ben Simmons, do we pick and beat over Ben Simmons when Embiid ain't going to play 60 games a year because of his injuries, his injury history, him not being in shape? And then you say, well, do we trade away a, a talented big man who arguably the best big man in the league for a player that has deficiencies on offense? This could be that team that jump into the mix for Anthony Davis and come out of nowhere and make and make that move. If they were to do that, looking at how this team is constructed now, because they bench is null and void. They traded away Dario Sarge. They traded away uh, Robert Covington. Uh, they traded away uh, all their all their bench players, Markel Falls, all that shit. They traded away everybody to go for the now. Jimmy Butler's a free agent. Tobias Harris is a free agent. You got the money right now. If you wanted to post to make a move right now and say, hey, New Orleans would give you Joel Embiid for Anthony Davis. This could be a team that sneak right in there. Why would New Orleans do it? Because for one, they don't want to trade on the L.A. And for two, who going to trade down Joel Embiid? Who going to turn down Joel Embiid for a player that's leaving anyway? Maybe they feel like they can get him in on a weight program to get, you know, take some weight off his knees and maybe, you know, his health turn for the better. And they build around Embiid. Hell of a way to start going. So now you got a team of uh, Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis. You look at Anthony Davis, he's a much better perimeter player than, than Joel Embiid is. Much better. Now you make that deal. Hopefully you make that deal. Tr- what I would do, I would try to make that deal. If I was Philadelphia, if I'm going to make that deal, I'm making it uh, draft night or a little bit before the draft. That way, the draft is before free agency. Bringing a player of Anthony Davis' magnitude over to Philly would now give you a chance to tell Jimmy Butler, hey, what's up? Brooklyn is good, but look, we got Ben and we got AD. You ain't got to worry about a big man being injured all the time. You know what I'm saying? We still can work on Ben. And Tobias Harris, I think, is a player that will resign. And Tobias Harris fits Ben Simmons because he can shoot the ball. J.J. Redick fits Ben Simmons because he can shoot the ball. You know what I'm saying? And he will fit Anthony Davis because they can shoot the ball. You know? So those players will fit what they're trying to do. It will fit what Philly's trying to accomplish. So that's the other team I feel like that can make a move, you know what I'm saying, in this offseason. Um it's it's like a, a a big turn of a change of events. There's gonna be a lot of shit that's gonna happen this offseason. Uh, KD, we always like I said, we said he he gone. 
the team I think he going to, I don't think it's the Knicks. I don't think it's the Brooklyn with um, with uh, Kyrie. I think that the team he's going he gonna leave for, I think it's the Clippers. People go separate and say, well, the Clippers, you know what I'm saying? And then it's going to dawn on you. Yeah, the Clippers. They have one of them teams that is very, very, very dangerous. And a lot of people saying in order for him to catch LeBron, he's got to go to – he's got to do something that LeBron did, similar, like winning a championship for the Cavaliers. So everybody said the Knicks. It's a tormented franchise. Go over there and win a championship in New York. Well, why not go to the Clippers? A franchise that's been tormented and, and been at the bottom of the barrel for years before Chris Paul and Blake Griffin was there. They haven't won a championship in years, decades. You have a unique roster over there where you can go to the Clippers. A team that got two wins off of you. A young team. A young team and a, and, and a very efficient offensive threat. You got two players, two six-men-of-the-year candidates and Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams. They come off the bench. They play in starter minutes, but they come off the bench. You got a deadly uh, 6'10 sniper and Danilo Gallinari. You got a young player in Jermichael Green, Avika Zubak, and a point guard, Shai Gillis-Alexander. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the killer and Landry Shaman. Landry Shaman is a, is, a, is, a, is a key piece over there as well because he's a young shooter. So that lets KD use all his uh, use his skill set from passing and defense and all that shit and push it to the max and gives him a chance to win a championship on his own, something that somebody, everybody's trying to challenge him to do. But I think the main reason why he'll go there is somebody like Patrick Beverly, a fighter. The depth on this team is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And the main reason why the Clippers haven't won anything with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, a lot of people say, well, that team was talented. But you got to remember, everybody can't be the coach and the general manager. You can't wear – a lot of people can't wear two hats. And that's the same thing that they was asking Doc Rivers to do. But now Jerry Wiss went over there to the Clippers, and Doc Rivers stepped down as the GM, and now he's just focusing on coaching. KD is very possible. This is why I think – the Clippers is a spot for him. You're going to wheel out a starting lineup of, of Shai Gillis-Alexander, Patrick Beverly, Durant, Gallinari, Zubak. That starting lineup right there, defensively and offensively, is very dangerous because you got a young kid in Gillis-Alexander who's very talented, 6'6", can defend, Working on his jump shot. Jump shot ain't bad, but that's something that you would like for him to add. He knocked down that shot, he's going to get a lot of open shots. Pat Beverly going to get a lot lot of open shots. Defensively, Gilgis, Alexander, and Beverly are, are, they elite defensively. We know what Pat can do. Young kid, 6'6", point guard, length, size, he can defend. Now, Gallinari, he ain't no defender. Zubak can protect the uh, rim. But KD added defense to his to his game. KD, Gallinari, and Zubak and Gil and Alexander gonna be pretty good offensively. They're gonna be pretty good. Then off the bench, you guys, you got Lou and Harold coming off the bench scoring with Jermichael Green and Landry Shamit. The Clippers 
That's where KD going. I can see KD going right over there and making that Pacific division in the West crazy. If if even and then with the Lakers, the Lakers went out there and got Talu. Talu about to sign with the Lakers this year. Let's say Philly go ahead and, and go in there and they sneak in there and get AD. And that same team come back in there now. That same team come back to LA. Or let's just say the core. The young kids with the young kids and LeBron. This is what LeBron wanted. This is what LeBron wants. Ain't no Magic Johnson overseeing anything. LeBron got control. That was the one issue with the Lakers. That LeBron couldn't control the narrative here in L.A. Because you got Magic. This is the Lakers. This is an organization that's bigger than the player. The player has never been bigger than the the organization. Kobe, Magic, Shaq, none of them has ever been bigger than the organization. And with Magic being here, you damn sure know he ain't going to be bigger than the organization. That's probably a reason why he stepped down. That's why LeBron said he ain't call me and say, damn, you know, kiss my ass or nothing, I'm out. Maybe reason why he ain't call you and tell you that was because I don't need you talking me out of this shit. I'm gone. Y'all niggas take care of this the way y'all want to. And if that's the case, this is a win-win for everybody. This is a win-win for everybody. Because now you LeBron... Rob Palenka and them are at your, at your they on their knees to you now. That's why they went out there and got his boy, Ty Lue. Somebody that's another voice, another voice for LeBron. So now you can get these kids on track. That's another voice to say, hey, we ain't going nowhere. So when LeBron, somebody said, oh, we want an AD, I, I wouldn't mind playing with AD. Come in there and say, hey, this is what I want. I want us young cats to go out there and, and get this and get this championship. This is what I want. I want y'all. Now you got another player, another guy in Tyloo that's going to second that and say, yeah, this is what I want. And the best way to get to, get to these young players is through Lonzo Ball. And I think LeBron know that. I think LeBron know that in order to get these young cat, these young cats back in the saddle. It's through Lonzo. You seen it on the last episode of The Shop where LeBron had Lonzo on the show. Taking Lonzo under his wing because he know, hey, ain't nobody coming to L.A. And I might not need nobody to come to L.A. I may not need nobody to come to L.A. These same young players, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Morris, uh, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner, the young players. If you look at their numbers, their numbers was better than the young players in Boston that everybody been giving these praise and love to. Better than the Tatums, better than the Browns, better than the Rogiers. If you don't believe me, look them up. Ingram, Kuzma, Lazo, the numbers was better. A lot of shit gonna be more magnified. In L.A. because it's L.A. But the difference between them young boys and the young boys here in L.A., them young boys walked into a situation where they had a great coach and Brad Stevens. 
They had an organization that was stable. They also played with veteran players that's going to keep them out of trouble and teach them how to play basketball the right way. These young players that had that coming in here. Lonzo got drafted to the the Lakers. Magic Johnson stamped them. But but Luke Walton was hired before Magic Johnson, and Luke Walton didn't like Lonzo. He came right out the gate. Oh, his daddy ain't running nothing here, which should be true. It should be the narrative. His daddy ain't running nothing here. This is the Lakers, and I'm going to have them play the way I want them to play. That's clashing off off bells. Clashing. He never he he never gave he never believed in Lonzo. And a lot of people look at and say, oh, Lonzo a bust, or he not playing. How he a bust? His rookie year, he averaged 11.7 rebounds, seven assists. Where you got a player that won rookie year and Ben Simmons, who played the same position as Lonzo, but he's 6'10 and much bigger at 230 pounds, 225 pounds. And he averaged what? 16 points. Eight rebounds, eight assists. If Lonzo was his size, he probably had them numbers too. And he can shoot better than Ben Simmons. A better defender than Ben Simmons at 6'6". Them veteran players that them Boston players been playing with, the Horfords, Isaiah Thomas, that took the stress off of them. They don't have to go out there and get and drop 30. And get them to the playoffs. Because they had IT. They had Horford. They had them. Had Avery Bradley's in the locker room. Take that pressure off them players. Then Lakers didn't have that, that, that. Didn't have that. Until this past year. And when they had them veterans in there. Before LeBron got hurt. And before the trade rumors came around. And before Magic Johnson said I want Anthony Davis. And before LeBron James said I want Anthony Davis. Before they fired Luke Walton. Before all this fucking turmoil happened. They went on Christmas Day, went into Golden State, beat Golden State, and was fourth in the Western Conference. That's what them Lakers was before all that bullshit happened. Then LeBron get hurt. Then Lonzo get hurt. Then these trades, then these trades come out, trade rumors come out. You gotta remember, all these players is under 22 years old. They 22, the oldest is 22 years old. These players, favorite player growing up was LeBron James. They came out here and publicly said it. And now LeBron wants you traded. I want you out of here. I want to play with AD. And we know the trade trade rumors. The best thing for the Lakers to do is to stand pat. LeBron James, be LeBron James. Come to camp in shape. Come to camp heel. Play in your system. I want the people to say LeBron can't be the system no more. He can't be the system unless he has his system around him. And now he has a system around him. He got his coach. He got Ty Lue. So with Ty Lue, what LeBron going to do is they're going to be Cleveland 2.0. But the difference about him being in Cleveland 2.0 is I got, the, I got the right talent. I got the young guns to run up and down the floor if need be. I got a playmaker in Lonzo Ball that don't need to take a, don't need to take 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 shots as your point guard. I can play off ball and let Lonzo be the point guard and and be able to make plays, make score for myself off somebody setting me up. Not saying Kyrie can't set you up, but Kyrie's main objective is to score. Where Lonzo Ball can be the head of the defense, 
to lock down defenders on the perimeter, lock down point guards and all that all that shit on the perimeter, and set everybody up to where LeBron can go back to where he was at his best. And that was in Miami when he had a point guard of Mario Chalmers and, and Dwayne Wade bringing the ball up and allowing him to pin people down and put people on the block and shoot 60% in Miami. That's when he was his best, when he didn't have to have all the ball handling duties, where he can go out there and drop 30 and score. Now LeBron ain't got to go out there and have to get eight assists because LeBron go get that any, he going to get that anyway with just his skill set. He going to get eight assists just on being LeBron James, just on being 6'8", 260, because his skill set. Start pinning these players down and scoring. LeBron, ain't at, even at this stage of his career, healthy, can lead the league in scoring. And that's what the Lakers going to need him to do. They're going to need him to go out there and say, score the ball, LeBron. We got other players that's going to set everybody up. And then LeBron goes sit back and go, all right, I scored a ball. And it's going to be nice when LeBron say, I don't need to score the ball. I, don't, I ain't got it in me. I'm a little tired. I need some young dogs to carry me. Because LeBron is 33 years old. He's going to need some young players when his skill set started declining to carry him. And now he got three young up-and-coming stars. And Kyle Kuzma, who can score the ball. Brandon Ingram, that can score the ball. And Lonzo Ball that has the tools to score the ball and all the and all the um I forgot what the word is called. He got all the tools to, you know, set everybody up. You know what I'm saying? He can he can do so many different things. You know what I'm saying? These young players and they all score in a different different way. Brandon Ingram's more of the mid-range type player, playing the post, stretching his game to the three-point line. Kuzma can can stretch the floor at the four and shoot from the three-point line, drive past bigger. Bigs and score. LeBron, same way. Josh Hart. You know what I'm saying? But LeBron now has his coach in Tyloo. And they about to second that. They about to go ahead. And now he ain't got magic in the, in the Laker or around him. Now he can put his stamp on it. Not only put his stamp on it, but run with these young dogs. And now you go look at this Pacific division with KD bringing his team in there in the Clippers. LeBron. And then the last team to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Now, a lot of people thinking when KD leaves that they're going to fall back down to reality. Bob Myers and that, and that organization has done a tremendous job in building a winner and building it the right way. And a part of building that team the right way is building it through the draft, getting players that is your, that is your, your, your players, players that you drafted, players like, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Every time those players came up in free agency, they took care of them. As far as their contracts, they took care of them. Steph came up, they took care of them. Dre came up, they took care of them. Day one, July 1st. The Warriors are going to max Clay Thompson. It's your turn. It's your turn. We max stuff. We paid Dre. We gonna pay you. We bought Sean Livingston here. We paid him, you know, for what he do. We paid Dre Dollar for what he do. We gonna pay you. What that does to the rest of the league, 
is where this league has been very, 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 very unloyal, disloyal. You see what, I, what happened with IT in Boston? Kyrie wanted to leave. LeBron dipping up out there. It's been disloyalty. That loyalty is going to be what all these other players are going to look around and say, damn, everybody else has been disloyal. But this organization is being loyal, taking care of their own. Yeah, they went out there and got KD. But they still took care of their own. You're going to pay Clay to max. And then you're going to end up being able to give DeMarcus Cousins a raise. Not a max, but enough to say, hey, we gave you a shot. We seen what you can do in this organization. We want to bring you back. We want to bring you back. Instead of that $5 million a year, we'll give you 15. Sign for three years, $15 million. And you got to look at the situation. A lot of teams go look at DeMarcus Cousins as damaged goods. But this could have been one of the best things that happened to DeMarcus Cousins. And now you got the report that came out yesterday when Steve Kerr said, are oh, we coming back? He coming back this postseason. KD leaving. He's done everything he, he came to do. He did to LeBron. He learned how to win. He learned how to win the right way here. He did just as much for Golden State as Golden State did for him. And this move right here is going to be able to keep Golden State right there and say, hey, we ain't going nowhere. We right here. And we going to be here. For years to come. And they're going to be in a better situation next year than they in now. Because next year, you're going to have Steph locked up, Clay locked up, Dre locked up, and Cousins locked up. And the biggest issue they've had over the last few years in improving this team is they bench. Because they bench players got older. Dre Dollar got older. Sean Livingston got older. Them players that have been making a big impact on that bench. They ain't got older. So after go to state win this year, because they gonna win, then you gonna have players like Andre Iguodala, who getting paid down there sixteen million a year, Sean Livingston at eight million. They gonna you know they it, I cause I think Livingston done. They gonna be like you know what it's over man we we don't want three straight. How <laughs> much we can do? We got four rings here. They're going to give it up. Dre Dollar, 34 years old. He'll be 35 by the season start next year. Sean Levinson with them injuries, and you know, it took a toll on him. He'll be 33 next year. And he's looking shot now. It's going to give Golden State the opportunity to change, change their identity a bit, and with the extra cash coming in, to sign bench players. Players to come off the bench and make some plays happen. So when Stefano hit the bench, they can't, you know, they got players to come over there and score. Just like when they had Ian Clark. You know what I'm saying? When they had um, McCall, Patrick McCall, players like that come off the bench. Make some plays happen. Now they're in that position to do it again. And they won't be hurt. And a lot of people, I don't know, as of right now, the Rockets and the, and the, and the Warriors are 2-2. And like I told y'all earlier, the NBA play off your emotions. It's like the WWE. James Harden is an amazing player. But the NBA, when they, just like in wrestling, when they have somebody take the belt off somebody, they make sure it's somebody up and coming, somebody they ain't built. Somebody that, hey, if all things fail, we ain't built this person up, and he can, he can carry the torch. 
If you compare that to wrestling, look at it as in when we were growing up, Triple H. That's the Golden State Warriors. They Triple H. They dominant. You need that Batista or John Cena to come take the title from you, a young up-and-coming team to come take the title from you. Let's go back to Miami when they won their championship. Miami, when they won a championship, LeBron was winning it. They lost to who? They lost to San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard. His star grew off that. Kawhi Leonard's star grew off of him beating who? LeBron James. His name was made off LeBron James. LeBron left Miami, went to Cleveland. Him and Kyrie. Golden State won't be, Golden State won't be as big as they are if they don't beat LeBron James. If they don't beat LeBron James, they won't be the Golden State Warriors. If they beat the Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls, they won't be as big as they are. They won't be as have the aura as they are because they beat LeBron James, the great LeBron James. That's who they beat. That's how they got that dominant aura of LeBron can't beat them. Especially what LeBron was doing stat-wise. Then can't nobody beat him. So in order, so when Golden State relinquished the crown, they go give it to that larger-than-life superstar. And that larger-than-life superstar is going to be somebody like Giannis. Somebody in the magnitude of Kawhi Leonard. That's who they going to give it to. Somebody up and coming. Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, as great as he is, his team ain't young. That's not a team that you can say, all right, Golden State done. We need somebody else to run this motherfucker for us. Why Golden State done? We need another team to run it for us. You got a 35-year-old Chris Paul over there. Gerald Green? Aaron Gordon that's going to move the needle? That's not going to do it. And everybody's saying, well, this team is the most successful. I guess Golden State. You watch wrestling, right? If some people watch wrestling, you know, Brock Lesnar been the champion in WWE for a while. And what they do is they get somebody like one of these little guys and they say, oh, Brock Lesnar going to smash him. Brock Lesnar going to kill him. Brock Lesnar going to tear his ass up. And what they do is they sell you the match. A week before... A week, a week before the match, they had a young dude, the little dude, get the upper hand on Brock Lesnar and make you be, think that, oh, maybe he could beat him. And then during the match, they get a, they get a little dude, Brock Lesnar be smashing him, and they had a little dude come up and get some offense on me. Got, got you thinking, damn, this nigga might win. He might win. And then you know what happened? He smashed him. Until you get somebody like that Roman Reigns to beat him. That Roman Reigns is going to be Giannis. Kawhi Leonard, an up-and-coming young team, Philadelphia, that's going to carry the torch when it's all over. Or they're going to go somewhere to somebody where they're more comfortable. It happens in wrestling, too. We've seen it. When you ain't got that up-and-coming young player that's, that you safe with, handling the torch over to, you give it to that stone cold. And that's LeBron James in L.A. NBA is entertainment at the end of the day. You got to remember that. In the NBA, what they're trying to get to is parity. 
We went through a long stretch of time watching the Cavaliers and Warriors play. Four straight finals. And this year we're going to get a different final. A lot of people was wondering, how the hell are we going to cope with the NBA without LeBron James in the playoffs? Easy. We're going to create new stars. Look at what they're doing in Denver. Denver is the most exposed franchise in the playoffs. They're really good. They're a really good team. But you don't know about Denver. People ain't waiting up to 1030 to watch Denver play. Before the playoffs started, unless you're a hardcore NBA uh, fan, because I'm one of the people that say Jokic is the best big in the league. So you might know you might have known uh, Jokic. But a lot of people didn't believe in Jamal Murray like that. They didn't believe in that. They didn't think he was as good as he they didn't think he was that good. They're a young team and they built like the Warriors about six years ago. When they was budding, hitting that, hitting that, fighting through there with Mark Jackson. They remind you of that Warrior team. Where it's a lot of young players and they can all score and they can all come at different angles and they can defend. That's where they at. But you don't know about that. You don't know about Denver. You can't buy some shit that you don't know nothing about. So what Denver did is, what the NBA doing is, we go put Denver in a, in a tough situation. First round, we got to go against Popovich. A situation where everybody going to say, well, DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge, we know who that is. We know who Greg Popovich is. They going to smash Denver. Denver going to lose to them. First game, you had Denver lose. That strengthens your narrative. That strength, that strengthens your, your fight. They go seven with Popovich and beat Popovich in seven. Oh, shit. Jokic cold. Jamal Murray kind of good. But they going to lose today. See what Dangerous did to Russ? MVP? Him and PG? You see what Dangerous did to Russ? See how crazy he was going on Russ? That's by design. Portland going to beat them. It ain't coincidence that they went four overtimes with Portland. They tied 2-2. They went four overtimes with Portland. You got extra quarters to see them play. You got a great game, a four-overtime game. It's crazy. Yeah, they lost, but you got more eyes on them, more exposure on them. They the most entertaining series in the, in, in the playoffs right now. And to be honest, if you look at the stat lines side side by side, without no names there, Jamal Murray outplaying Dame Lillard. He outplaying them. But you would never know that unless you got your eyes on Denver. How do you get your eyes on Denver? You got you to gotta have them play off of another name. Play it off San Antonio. Play it off Popovich. Play it off DeRozan. Like you're playing off of the success of Dame Lillard. Now what you're gonna see is them beat Dame Lillard and uh, and you're gonna see them go seven, you'll see them go against the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And everybody gonna say, Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet. But these boys got a lot, a lot going for them. They got that high altitude in Denver where the air is thin that they used to train in and playing in. 
that Golden State ain't. And that's against anybody in the league. But it's more important against Golden State because they exerted themselves a lot in this Houston series. And they've been playing in the fight. They've been playing in June while everybody else at home. They've been playing in June while everybody else at home the last five years. A physical series. Steph got a dislocated finger, hurt ankle. KD got the hurt elbow. Clay got a hurt ankle. Or they gonna take advantage of that. And nine times out of ten, like I told you, go to say go win. Go to say probably gonna win in seven or seven or six. But I don't go in seven and six with Denver. Puts Denver in a different eye. Y'all go look at Denver a different way. And they ain't built another superstar in Jokic and, and Jamal Murray. And they ain't even got Michael Porter Jr. playing this year. But he'll be back next year. And it's not by design. It's by design that Isaiah Thomas ain't playing yet. And that's going to be the weapon that they go pull out. And that's how they're going to get over the hump. And make it interesting. This your boy, Al Fudge, man. I hope y'all enjoyed this pod. Like I told y'all, don't forget about the other pod. I'm going to talk to y'all about how the NBA doesn't contribute to our culture. They just use it. They just use it to come up on their own. It's about the WNBA. It's about these young black athletes that's coming in to the league that they don't really give a shot to succeed, and they don't work with the NCAA to comp- uh, to as a, as a feeder system like the football uh, system use it, and they don't use it uh, to build on their league. Uh, I'm going to talk to you all about that, and I'm going to keep hitting you all with some of this NBA playoff action because it's heating up and it is very entertaining. But like I said, it's your boy Al Fudge. I hope you all enjoyed the pod. And listen to what the fuck I'm telling you all, man. Some real shit. Peace.